What is up, everybody? Welcome back to episode two of Outlier Radio, our second attempt at podcast and delivering some moderately well thought out information when it comes to CrossFit and the CrossFit season. Coach Nate, Coach Tyler, Coach Jess, all joining you. It's today at 3.13. So we are in Monday of quarterfinals about to pop up. And today we're going to be covering a few topics, mostly going to be going over analysis of the 2023 CrossFit Open, uh, what we felt went well, where we felt programming could have been a little bit short, some of the metrics, what we think we're going to see in quarterfinals, and where our classes and programming and competition uh, programming is going to be going from here. So we can just dive right in pretty quick. Tyler, what'd you think of the Open as a whole? You know, the Open as a whole this year, I really enjoyed. Uh, the retest was fantastic. It's probably one of the best workouts that CrossFit had ever done because it doesn't just test one dimension. Uh, and especially having that high skill at the end, I really thought when we switched to a three-week format, we'd never see something like muscle-ups in the Open again. So putting that in the very first workout at the very end of it gave people a chance to really showcase something they probably either only attempted a few times or never gotten one of. So the number of PRs from that alone was was pretty badass. The, the second workout, you know, we, we knew what was coming. I think a lot of people have been saying that the shuttle runs were going to be there because there's just no great way to measure distance for running. You can't have every affiliate taking recording out to record 400 meters and show exactly where that is. So the shuttle run provides that new modality of, of being able to be monostructural and do something we've not done before. And then obviously hitting that one rep changes everything. And that format of being tired while we have seen it before still shook up the leaderboard quite a bit. And obviously our very last one, high skill, high <laughs> movements with some lower ones. However, it was great to see that wall walk progress into something higher skill instead of just being like double unders and wall walks. So overall, I absolutely loved it thought couldn't be much better nice jess what did you think overall i i thought from an experience as a whole everything was super well thought out i'm obviously team boss i loved all the games workouts last year so this kind of just flowed right into what i expected it he thought about it very holistically he planned some things that were unexpected like the shuttle runs a new movement uh we did something heavy and it wasn't just a clean and jerk or snatch thrown in for the heavy. It was a thruster, which is a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a challenge. I think something that maybe some people don't do heavy that often. Most people seem to do like moderate thrusters. And then of course I always like a good repeat. And like Tyler said, 14.4 is arguably one of the best open workouts I've, I've ever done. I think it, it does a little bit for everything. You can't be an expert at everything. You just have to kind of play in a little, play in a little bit of everything. And I like that about that workout. Yeah, I think I think we're all uh, on the same page where we think the open was very very balanced. Um, I think Tyler hit a really cool note on the head that monostructurally we haven't done and we haven't really can't do a test of running. And I think it's. Even more interesting that running in the shuttle run format came after they started using a rower because like 
that one year where they announced the rower, it like kind of threw this huge curveball. Like you had to almost make it to an affiliate because affiliates at that time were the only ones with rowers until then it was all dubs and stuff like that. So being able to test that running format in a box or even at your own driveway, if you just had it measured out correctly, was was a cool little switch up. Uh, well, not only that with the running, you know, we had that rower first, but the rower is going to be, you know, based on anthropometrics. So it wasn't right. really the most fair monostructural test in the first place. You know, no, running, it was just the piece of running. equipment that most boxes had, you <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. either that or uh, around that time, a rickety Schwinn assault bike. And those, you know, there's a reason the bikes still aren't in the open right now. It's because everybody has different bikes. Um, when it came to the repeat wad, I, I'd like to go down the list of just as the workouts uh, got released. So when it came to the repeat wad, we all agreed, like, it's very cool to see 10 years of progress. Uh, I really like that when it came to this workout and its tier format, just like it when it was released in 2014, it had a, dis a very distinguishing moment of like, here are the RX standards, right? You got to be able to do toes to bar a little bit tired. You got to be able to do some wall balls, got to be able to power clean 135. There are so many benchmarks that have that uh, as a, as a, as a note, 135 and 95. But then there was a definite separating movement when it came to competition, because while the open is amazing in inclusivity, when it comes to, you know, everybody can do it it is still the start of the CrossFit season. So there still has to be a competitive bias when the tests come out to a certain point, right? And so I thought that was really interesting. Tyler, you had some really cool notes on the top finishers when it came to this one. Yeah, so, you know, I know we're still the local affiliate model and we don't want to name drop games people forever. But if, if you look at the finishes, you know, you've got Emma Carey coming back from a back injury last year and just absolutely dominating not only this workout, but the third workout, too. Mm -hmm. So you've got someone who wasn't even in the competitive season last year finishing first on the ladies side. And you've got Mal O'Brien, who's an absolute machine, and Laura Horvath. So all three names, like, we're very familiar with. They're always going to be at the top of the game's podium or at least in that top 10. And we get to the guy's side, and it's still pretty pretty well-known names. We've got Roman Krennikov winning it. We've got Cole Grieshaver, and we've got Pat Vellner. So these big names that have been doing this, you know, four, five-plus years are all still at the top of the game. But I think that's pretty pretty interesting to see that all of those people also improved on their 14-4 scores if they had one recorded. You know, uh, when you compare 23-1 with 14-4, you know, there were not many people that made it back to the rower. I, on the men's side, sure, it happened. You know, you had Froning at 270-something reps, so he was back into his toes to bar. Well, this year, even at the announcement itself, we we saw guys passing those numbers that the fittest guy on earth put up so right pretty, pretty arguably one of the fittest men in history and yeah and even he improved 10 years later so right it's nuts to see how much that the sport has progressed and just one of those numbers from beyond the whiteboard i think it was you know more than nine thousand women actually got a muscle up this time and forty-five thousand men so fifty-four thousand people got at least one ring muscle up in this workout that's so crazy like thinking about the total attendance of, of participants in the open was like just over 300,000. It's the highest it's been since uh, 2018. Wow. 2018 was the last highest. So to know that a sixth of the field got a muscle up, like that's a pretty cool, 
pretty cool matchup. We had quite a few people in our gym too. Like Molly got her first ones in a in a in a Metcon stuff like that. Dave that was, Swanberg, man. Swanberg, yes. We had, <laughs> we had yeah, big highlights for those guys. Um, Jess, I want to get your perspective on twenty three point two A and B because they were wickedly different tests, but they both had their own like little bit of specialty feel to them. So like, how did you like those? What did you think of that one? Well, I think it's important to discuss that I am in a different state right now. Uh, and I went to an affiliate that uh, logistically, and maybe that's something to point out too, that in this year, the logistics were a little interesting for a lot of affiliates if you didn't have space. And so he literally had a track one track and one person could do the open workout at a time. And I had to run outside and then back in with an open garage door. Um, very different tests. Um, unknowingly probably maybe had a little bit of COVID going on when I did it. Uh, so it was just one of those workouts where you just, you started and you just tried to hold a pace the whole time. And I tried to consistently do the burpees at the pace that I thought I could hold on to. Nothing was super sprinty or fast. And then going into a thruster, very tired, not expecting or not expecting anything and not having a lot of uh, energy left, but still surprisingly doing kind of well. And I think I saw that with a lot of our members too, where they, I think they expected it was not going to go well. And then a lot of people just busting out these really heavy thrusters out of nowhere. Yeah, we had quite a few people earlier that week in programming too we had a power clean and push press heavy mm -hmm. from the floor and one of our best cues for people that week when the thruster was debuted was a thruster is just 90 percent of a front squat then 10 percent push press so if you know what your push press was four or five days ago you should have a decent reference as to what's within your capacity to hit um i well, really also love... really interesting to note nate you know if you follow dot com at all they, they yep. did a one rep or three rep thruster on Monday before that announcement opened. So yep. people, <laughs> if they follow.com and not a local affiliate model had tested that recently enough to know somewhere where they should be. Right. Yeah, no, that's too true. And.com always, you always think in around this season that.com will give you little nuggets of information or little, little uh, Easter eggs as to what's going to be tested. And I mean, of all people, they would know, but it's just like the Castro hints where like, we're not quite sure. And then the workout gets announced and you're just like, oh, I knew that that one Wednesday in the last two weeks had something about it <laughs> that stuck out. Um, a note for this one uh, to continue off of Jess, I loved that it was a two-parter in that format because you had very, very niche athletes on different sides of the spectrum, right? You had the body weight endurance people and then you had these straight up power output people who could put up these numbers and you know on the male side i think we saw a 365 375 375 right yep. and and to know that that was like the peak but also to know that you have the top five to ten percent scoring within like I would say 30, 40, 50 pounds of that, but who could also match the top rep scheme like in that 165 range on the Metcon itself. It was so cool in that you have your specialty niche niche people, but it did not shake up the leaderboard as much as people thought because they were scored together. So you had to perform in the top five to 10% to stay balanced on the leaderboard. You couldn't have a, a weaker showcase between the two, even though they were so at different ends of the fitness spectrum. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, if you if you look at those numbers even more in depth, you know, the only man that that you see and you know from being at the games is Ricky Girard, and that's only on the first half of that. He definitely, you know, didn't perform nearly as well on on the thruster. And I mean, you've got Rubio from Italy, who's been massive weightlifter for how many years? You know, we've all seen his feats of strength. He hit a four hundred five in warm up. You know, like that's just monstrous. Then we move on to the women's side. And, you know, like, again, we don't really recognize a lot of the names on on the first half of it. These endurance athletes that you mentioned, they're just freaks that pop out of nowhere and, and came to perform. And we get to the ladies' side, you know, we got we got Kelsey Keel, who's on trying out for the Olympic bobsled team. Like, the woman's got some thick legs. The thruster made sense. Same thing. You see Danny Spiegel taking fifth. Like, all right, Danny Spiegel, sorry. I mean, like, obviously these women were made for lifting and that's what they want to do. And they got to showcase that. Yeah, absolutely. 23.3 to wrap out the open. Um, Jess, I'm going to get your perspective on this one. What did you think? I thought it was clever. I think it, it, you know, I think a lot of people get upset if they can't finish an open workout like somehow it's not worth doing or it's not a good test if they can't do the whole workout and I really liked how it gave you that tier right like you're all going to get a six minute workout eliminate any preconception of plan just hit the gas no limit and see what you can do but then at those upper limits I like that he tested the gymnastics strict I love the strict handstand push-ups as an inclusion and if you hear him talk about it it was it was really a safety measure, but I just thought it was elegant that way. A different way of looking at the test because you could have just had kipping handstand pushups, mm-hmm. but it was such a different experience without them. Yeah. And I think it made it so, uh, it, ma- it gave so much weight to having those, that strict gymnastics base that Boz loves to test. Boz is, if he's shown anything since taking over programming, he can really test you with the most basic things. And I think that's what part of his brilliance is with programming. I mean, it really, it really kicks back to where CrossFit started, right? It's, it's virtuosity. It's doing the common uncommonly well. And if you've ever seen Boz, even as an athlete, no, he's never been at the very top, but he will always perform with integrity and do these things that he asked you to do. And I think that's a, a huge, huge thing to, to note. How yeah. about that new standard, Jess? what do you think about that? The uh, 10 inch line. That was, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun in my garage by myself. <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't think, it, I didn't think anything of it positively or negatively. It just was, I don't know if you guys had a different experience doing it with a group. Personally, in years past, I think it's gotten too complicated. I think that a lot of people want it to be fair, uh, but they choose moments to express uh, whether or not the standard is fair or not. You know, we don't talk about short people on wall balls. We don't talk about tall people on rowers. So I think the simpler the standard and execution, the better. Um, I really like the 10 inch line. I really like the 30 inch line uh, as far as like your hands have to touch it, which means yep. that, you know, we had some athletes who put their thumb right on the corner of that tape line. And as long as they held it there, they got the reps. You had some people who put all their fingertips across the top because it stacked them up differently. And it was a stronger position for strict. Uh, I, I liked it. I think it, I think the simpler we can keep it and the longer we can keep uniform standards, the more argument that, uh, you know, this is a, a sport that can be tested and retested and, and evolve. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we've done a really good job of talking about 23-3 in terms of, of the skill component, but we didn't really talk about the strength component, right? Like how was... many women just walked in and absolutely kicked the shit out of those snatches? Like that uh, weight five, six years ago, like women weren't never... hitting that weight, right? And now they're just doing it for reps. Right. And I, mean, I think that's a huge... We've watched like a third trimester pregnant woman. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like that's, it's not even... <laughs> That's not even it's real. Insane. <laughs> um, but I think that's a that's a testament to CrossFit over the years. You know, I actually like we've talked about this a few times. Is that uh, typically when you see CrossFit benchmarks announced, uh, it's about a sixty six percent rule, right? Is that there's the male RX and then sixty six percent of that's the female RX. But females have gotten so much stronger. Like, yeah, we're not going to go back and, and recreate benchmarks of like Grace, Fran, and and make them heavier. When realistically, no. we we probably should. You know, right there that, that those barbells are moving insanely quick i mean i know at least when i'm looking at programming with, with jordan we're no longer using 66 percent because it's just not appropriate right mm -hmm. we're using somewhere in that 70 to 73 percent minimum and even then we've got you know women like shannon that are still that weight is not enough and normally we say you know scaling up is not a good idea but in the case where the woman can use the same equivalent weight as the man and win by, you know, 60 to 90 seconds more, maybe it is time to scale up then that that's where we're talking about. We want that to have the same stimulus. And if it's that much quicker, that stimulus isn't the same anymore. Right. Yeah. I think that's something that CrossFit is actually slowly starting to do with some heavier benchmarks. And especially when it comes to you know, the testing seasons of the games and of the open. Um, I think each year, especially now with Boz, I do, I do believe Boz has a great mind for prog progression and a great mind to take a look at the athlete pool as it is uh, in the year prior. And then just true form every year, take it up a notch, never, never uh, separating from the basics and separating from those baselines of like giving it a true stimulus and a true test. But yeah, thumb, big thumb on the pulse when it comes to the amount of weight that can be moved, especially on the female side lately. It's, I, I couldn't believe it how, how fast some of those females were finishing those times. Like, it's just, uh, it's, it's astonishing. All right. So we've covered 21 or 23.1, two and three. Next series of the CrossFit game season is quarterfinals. Today, they release uh, the floor arrangements, making sure that everybody has a chance to prepare for those workouts, which is nice because then you can also kind of see not just workout flow, filming angles, stuff like that, all those critical components. You definitely don't want to, uh, you don't want to get disqualified because of a technicality, right? You want it to be, am I fit enough or am I not fit enough? Um, but with regards to that, we have four, five, five athletes who are going through it. We have three females and two males we have noah and zach going in the male division we have ali and molly and then is shannon doing a troop yeah so she'll probably those do workouts she, that was that was yeah. she qualified oh, on both sides so she'll still probably do them both if we have time yeah why not i mean the fact that she qualified for both is pretty dope well, and then how many remote athletes do you have also? I mean, you've got another handful and I've got another handful. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I've got uh, at least one more in Florida, Hannah. Um, and then I have some people who are still kind of getting back to me on whether or not they want to try to participate in the quarterfinals. Because some athletes, you know, they do the open for fun. 
uh, but the stress, the intensity that quarterfinals brings, uh, it's definitely a gut check moment for some people of whether or not they want to push that intensity and push those limits, or if they just want to use the open as a, as a learning experience and then start to digest and divulge their plan for the 2024 season, which brings us into the class schedule and class structure. So we have kind of some go-to programs that we like to favor post open Tyler, feel free to touch on those. Yeah. So we love to finish the open out with the CrossFit total because a lot of times we don't get that one heavy lift. And obviously it's a little bit of ego, but it's also a little bit of a, you know, let's check on the status of where we are as a strength athlete, because we know strength long-term is going to be our protection against getting older. So we did that CrossFit total this past Friday in class. Uh, we had over 60 people PR the entire CrossFit total. That's not even trying to break down how many individual PRs were in there. Easily over 100, no question. So that being said, for the first time ever, we are going to work directly on those three big lifts. So we are going to try to concurrently work on the squat, the deadlift, and the strict press in our class formats without over-biasing strength. What that really looks like is it means that we're going to have one day a week that will be a press and squat paired together. They will be strength biased. There will not be a lot of other stuff that goes on on those days, but we will take a conjugate approach with that and our deadlift, meaning we're borrowing from, from a legend, Louis Simmons, right? Conjugate training means that you are trying to work on not just strength, but speed strength and explosiveness. So all of those things we're going to work on at the same time. So if Monday, for example, we have our squat and deadlift or squat and press today, we're going to pair those as just pure strength work today. When we get to our next piece, the deadlift, that will be more of a dynamic or max effort day. Each week we'll switch back and forth, which is which. So we will hope to, over the next four to six weeks, expose you to doing those three big lifts more and hopefully get you a little stronger while doing them. Then we'll come back to it and we'll retest it and have a great time. Yeah, I uh, I really like the CrossFit total in general as a test post open because the open gives you it gives you great metrics with regard to CrossFit and CrossFit modalities. But I'm a I'm a big believer in uh, that there are you know the bases that CrossFit pulls from and like com competition strength conditioning wise. So you have your strength side CrossFit total, and then on the other side of that funnel you have conditioning right, keeping a big and well established aerobic base. Um, which brings us into our paired cycle with the CrossFit total Murph prep, everybody's favorite long grinder character building workout. Uh, Jess, what are you thinking about Murph prep and CrossFit total going into the spring? I mean, one is kind of the cell for the other, and <laughs> maybe there's no clear definition as to which is which for a lot of people. Um, I love Murph prep. I always like getting outside and running and, kind of focusing on those after a long winter, but I also love strength and it's easy to burn out on Murph prep. It's a long cycle typically, um, to get to the point where we're ready to do Murph. So I think having something fun, like strength and working on max is just pure strength is, is a nice sell for that, at least for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people, uh, even non-crossfitters understand Murph as an event and as a, yeah. as a hero workout. A lot of places utilize it. A lot of people's uh, contribute to the Murph foundation every year. And it's just a really cool, like 
worldwide community event that doesn't have to do with necessarily competition yeah you want that intrinsic means of like can you beat your murph time or can you do it rx or stuff like that but to know that everybody comes together for this truly like endurance test but its purpose is that it's community driven and that's all that it needs to be is really cool and it takes that focus off of the the competition side of it um, you know, we get asked a lot about why we do Murph as a, as a cycle and as a prep. And and honestly, it's it's because we live in Missouri, right? Jess and I are now different states away. We can run year round. Like in Texas, it's 85 degrees. In North Carolina, it's in the 70s or 80s already. In Missouri, it's 30. You yeah. know, we would be irresponsible if we were to ask our athletes to go run a weighted mile, do all of this hard heavyweight body weight stuff and then run more without giving them the chance to actually prepare their body for running and mm-hmm. i know there's a lot of people out there that disagree and say we can run a mile anytime we want well yeah we absolutely could you're right but we want to make sure you're as healthy going into it and so that you have the best experience possible so that's really why we make that a specific cycle that we work on yeah and i think that's uh i think on that point, as well as the point of testing the CrossFit total with these programmed cycles in-house, it just shows where we are prioritizing, right, for our community, getting the thumb on the pulse of like, okay, we had the open. There was three weeks of very unknown variables, very unknown uh, volume, very unknown intensity. And so getting back to those baser models of like where people can prepare, people can organize, you know, recovery around that time, people can organize how much tension or how much uh, uh, calories and stuff like that they can do. And that's not even necessarily just they're trying to be competition. That's just good, well-established habits, because they are planning for optimizing and getting the most out of these training sessions. And that goes into those short-term goals that these people have is just optimizing the the, the training block that we're in. Um, when it comes to both of these cycles, in class, we said that they were a beautiful compliment. Uh, Tyler, when it comes to the CrossFit game season, if you had to emphasize these points to anybody, what would you say? Because some people are going to come out of quarterfinals this week and be very happy and have a two months to prepare for the next phase. And some people are going to be preparing for the 2024 season starting next Monday. I mean, you know, not to stroke my own ego, but I'm already on the uh, prepare for 2024 games track. So I understand exactly where they are, right? We have a a lot of people at our gym that were in that like 80 to 85 percentile, maybe even 89. I think Jody Mocker told me she was 89, right? So we've got a lot of people that were at the cusp of moving on. So what I'd tell them is, is take the chance to do the quarterfinal workouts, right? Why wouldn't you see where you are? It's a perfect time to really tie into our, you know, our continued competitive athlete education, What we're going to do with that is make sure that we continue the people that need continue towards their game season, help the people that want to know what that's like move forward, and then also make sure we're touching on the things that balance out the rest of what we're doing. And I'm pretty sure that one's a little more up your alley, Nate, if you want to talk about where we're going with CAE. For me, CAE, first things first that we need to do, and we have it scheduled April 1st, we're going to have uh, our group get together and have a goal setting session. And I think the the biggest thing there is not only do the athletes feel that they are communicating and have a, a hand in where their progress is going to go, but it also creates a dialogue as to the why. Um, we're going to get to cover why we go over the Murph prep, why, why, why we emphasize uh, the CrossFit total and strength training as we are. 
And then the accessory cycles that we're going to do are just going to try to pair along with that as to what bases or what is the, uh, I would say, low hanging fruit coming off of the CrossFit season that we can attack. And from what I have gathered so far, uh, just by pulling our athletes and discussing them, uh, running as an accessory in addition to the Murph prep, getting people way more comfortable. Why? Because we're getting into the months where it's really the easiest implementable uh, monostructural piece you can do. If you don't have, if you're traveling for vacation, you can run. If you, you know, it's, it's somewhat hot weather out there. You can run in the morning, run in the evening. You, if you don't have access to a rower bike, anything like that. And it's just going to help overall aerobic base fitness as much as possible with having very little with regards to equipment or need. And then the other one we're talking about doing because everybody wants to get that experience that Dave and Molly and some of these other athletes got strict gymnastics. I think in order to have some of these higher uh, velocity, higher intensity gymnastics, like kipping ring muscle ups and stuff like that, uh, you got to start very base and you got to start with a long game in mind um, just because you practice false screen muscle up false grip muscle ups, just because you practice strict dips doesn't mean they're going to come easily. And I think uh, with the athletes building in their strength, especially like upper body strict pressing strength, this is the perfect time to start executing uh, really good gymnastics and positional work with that. So that is where we're at currently, but post quarterfinals, we might have some data that'll uh, that'll swing that one way or the other. Yeah. And I think it's really important to note that when we're talking about this part, we're talking about people that that want CrossFit as their sport right? We're not mm-hmm. talking about our general classes now. We're talking about people that want to compete, whether it's locally or even farther out. For our general classes, what we've created is that GPP format of where they're going to get better at all things at once. For these competitive athletes, our conversation is going to come down to how how much can you do of the quarterfinal load? Do you want to do it if you didn't make it? And then make them realize, hey, it's still a sport. You got to take a fucking break. Like mm-hmm. it is okay for you to take two or three weeks away from the gym, recover, focus on, oh God, dreaded mobility, you know, do those <laughs> things that aren't sexy so that when it is time to look at the next competitive season, you come in healthy, you come in fresh and you're excited about it. You know, and I think right. that's really what a lot of athletes, at least locally miss. They're training all the time for something that may or may never happen and don't really take the time to, to make sure they're mentally and physically well off Mm -hmm. yeah uh it's one of those ones where there people forget that there is a point of diminishing returns as far as training but those things that you do outside of the training really build up that base of recoverability and being able to execute the intent of your training as opposed to just getting it in right there's a big difference between doing a 21 15 9 in your training as it was intended and written as a stimulus and doing a 21, 15, nine in training and just kind of limping along at a 75, 80% practice, just because you could say you did it. So three hours, three hours in the gym can be accomplished in a lot of different ways. But for most people that are spending that long grinding, they are just grinding themselves down. They're not sharpening the ax by any means. Right. That's a big distinguishing characteristic. I'm glad that we have the that's why we named it competitive athlete education. So people can learn different habits and strategies around competing, not just, uh, you know, throw a, bunch, a handful of darts at the dartboard and see what sticks. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's sexy touching the floor. That's awesome. Tying your shoes, <laughs> like things we don't measure. And we really could with our competitive athletes. How much of your hand can you put on the floor with your legs straight? 
can you put your whole palm down? Mm -hmm. And guess what? While you're not working out at the gym and you're focusing on mobility, we can make your hamstrings more supple. We can get you to where you're going to be better. The more range of motion you have, the better control of it you have, the more efficient you're going to be as a mover. So even when people get annoyed at those things, they can improve somewhere. Yeah, I think a, a, a really good example of that recently, when we go back to the CrossFit total, we have not done a designated lower body pushing cycle since last fall. Mm -mm. And mm -hmm. we had multiple PRs and back squats. And everybody's like, how am I PR in my back squat? I haven't had this load on my back in forever. But what's one cycle that we have started recently and went through the open with? Pistols. Everyone is getting more range of motion, better ankle, hip, knee uh, positioning, working balance. single leg squats. Balance. Yeah, balance. Yeah. yeah. And so everybody, when they were hitting these squats, were just shocked at how sound their hip and ankle and knee positioning were in the bottom of these squats. And we're not, you know, some people got massive PRs, sure. But there was a lot of people who just built up to their old one rep and were like, wow, that felt way better than I've ever done it. And then took the 10 pound leap and it paid off, got to ring the bell. So yeah, that's a, that's a big part of going into post quarterfinals and the quote unquote potential off season for CrossFit athletes is it's not just about finding the stimulus that you missed or the, the base that you're missing to be able to push. It's also what you can do to build in the best success with that. That doesn't have to do with just beating your body up. All right. Closing remarks, Jess, how do we feel about, uh, going into the next few cycles? Feel pretty good. Oh, I feel great. I felt better than I have in a long time. And my sugar wad notes will always reflect that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Excited. Good. Excited as a business too. I think we've got a lot of great stuff coming up. Absolutely. And people are still listening. We are definitely going to be trying to make this a regular thing going over wide array of topics, not just CrossFit and competition season, but our own practices and programming and uh, habits and structures that we do with just different avenues that I think are pretty important to a lot of CrossFit boxes or a lot of fitness communities in general. Um, and we've got some pretty cool success stories to showcase. Absolutely. So Tyler, any closing thoughts? Uh, I'm glad the open is over because as much fun as it is, it is still a logistical nightmare for us, but I cannot believe how much fun it was even participating a thousand miles away. Uh, go team Liftendor. We definitely took home the championship. Sorry, Nate, your Raven curls were not up to the task this year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like this is the end of the first movie where it's like Dumbledore over here, leader uh, in charge of the leaderboards, just like, I know everybody did well, but Griffin Door, just <laughs> here's some extra points. Here you go. No, you guys had all the, you guys had all the heavy hitter, a lot of the heavy hitters on your team. You guys performed on the leaderboard ridiculously well. So respectfully, you guys, you guys beat us. That's okay. Um, I think you hit on a good note to, to end on though, Tyler, is that through the open and through a lot of these events, affiliate owners, affiliate managers, and coaches uh, really go the extra mile. So to anybody listening that contributed to all of that, thank you for our box in particular, uh, because it could not have been done without extra helping hands with judging setup. And, you know, after every Friday night lights, we had so many members sticking around, helping put equipment up, making sure people were getting their stuff in captains who are reinforcing, getting their scores and sugar wad. Uh, it's a great community event, but it requires a lot of logistics that aren't just coaching and performing workouts. So other than that, gang, 
let's go into quarterfinals week, head into the spring with a whole lot of momentum and can't wait for the next episode. All right. Have a good one, guys. Have a good week.